Welcome to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things Scream Free. My name is John Allen Turner, and the guy seated across the table from me, as always, is Hal Edward Runkle. Hal, how are you today? I'm I'm apparently so good that I need to be named twice. You're, you're so good there are two of you. There are two of if me. If I were any better, there'd be two of me. That's right. Lo and behold, there are. There are. I'm Hal Hal today. Hal Hal Runkle, how are you? According to your Facebook Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did you typed in Hal. Thing. I did. Then you typed in R- Runkle, and, and it then, tagged you. And then put in Hal Hal Runkle. Yeah, I don't know how Which that happened. Which is what my parents actually wanted to name me. They're, Hal Hal? Yeah, well, they're, isn't that... Uh, <laughs> What's the? Uh, um, I have no idea where you're going with this. Yeah, you don't. The guy who plays for Alabama, who's coming out in the draft. Ha ha ha! Clinton Dix. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Ha ha! Clinton Dix. Yeah. So I'm Hal Hal. But his name is really Hakeem. I don't know. It's it's some uh, name African. along those lines. African. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and his grandmother started calling him Ha ha instead. Of course she did. Yeah. And and I've been named Hal Hal. Hal Hal. No, it started. Edward Runkle. It started today with you, but I think it's oh, going to yeah. take on. I, I think, think it's gonna it, that's going to catch. Yeah, it's, it's going to catch fire. So in the next book, it's going to be by Hal Hal. Hal Hal Edward Runkle. Runkle. Okay, all right. You never answered the question. And which was I guess you that? did answer by saying that you're so good. There are two of you. Uh, Is that right? I'm twice yeah. as nice. Okay, all right. I, I'm I'm doing. You're I'm Tweedy doing, today. I'm doing well, Look at I you am, it, I'm wearing the you. tweed. And yeah, I've got a tweed cap and a tweed jacket. Wow. You know how much I bought this jacket for? I have no idea. This jacket, it, it's actually a three-piece suit. Tweed suit. A three-piece tweed, tweed suit. suit. Yes. Because at some point in time, you went to the store and thought, that's what I need. Exactly. I need tweed on tweed on tweed. Exactly. And, and I, have, <laughs> I have worn it on the Today Show, and it killed. Yeah? The full three-piece? The piece? full three-piece. Yeah? It killed. Okay. Uh, well, you were on the Today Show, was it last week? Yes, but I didn't wear the tweed. And, uh, and boy, Kathy Lee and Hoda sure like you. They, they, you know, it's funny. I get all these folks telling me that's awkward. Is it not awkward? No, it okay. doesn't. It doesn't feel. Doesn't awkward. come across as awkward when no, you're on there. No, I mean they 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 called me a hunk or something. They sure the did. last time, but, but well, maybe it's not awkward for you to be called a hunk, but it's kind of awkward for those of us who know you to hear you be called a hunk, mm-hmm. especially by them. Yeah, I mean they they are they are. 20 years older than me. Yeah. But I mean, after 40, come on. It's it's free. Is it all? Is that just like, (laughs) that's like the end zone. Anywhere. Anywhere. In there. Absolutely. In that general vicinity. 30 to 60, no. But 40 to 60? Okay. All right. But people say it's awkward. I, I, I don't know. It wasn't awkward to you. Was it, it awkward to uh, to Jenny? No, actually. Jenny doesn't find that awkward at all? No, no. Okay. Not at all. All right. Were there... To promote the book and promote our viewpoint, we don't, our brand. Yeah, we. Uh, you, you weren't hawking a book. I guess you you were hawking a marriage, they, right? They all. Yeah. Hey, man, they always want to show a cover of the book, and I don't care when it came out. Please, because do. this one was. Um, uh, are you compatible with your spouse? Yes, that's what we talked. So, was about. there a quiz or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. The, the the lady I was on with, she and her husband do a thing on TV called Marriage Boot Camp, and they run it's a ministry or something but they've got their own tv show they seem like nice folks nice people yeah nice people and she they've got a quiz on there that uh can predict uh, according to their quiz they, they give you a percentage chance that you will end up divorced Ooh, 
And so I took the test, and they wanted to, you know, Today Show sent it out to folks and wanted them to take the test and see what happened. And now, that's one of those tests that, like, when you take it and you get the results back, mm-hmm. and somebody says, so, what'd you score? Like, that's kind of, speaking of awkward, right? That that could be a little bit awkward. Unless you get a low score. And well, then, sure. And then you're like, now, and oh, do, are you comfortable sharing what your score was? My score, I have a 20% chance of divorcing my wife, according to that quiz. Okay. And what's the percentage uh, chance that she'll divorce you? Oh, that's that's about 98. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is ever-increasing every week. Absolutely. I'm barely hanging on. It uh, depends on how many more times you're on with Kathy Lee yeah, and Hoda. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So, uh-huh. so let's see. You were in New York, and then and I was in Las Vegas before that. You were. Yeah. I My road trip got extended a little bit further, a little bit longer than anticipated, because I was supposed to fly to Kansas City, and I was going to speak to the folks there at Fort Riley, uh-huh. and I was going to come back, and then I was going to fly to Las Vegas. But that was the week of... Snowpocalypse 2. Ice-mageddon. Yes, here <laughs> in Hot Atlanta. So there was no way I was getting back in... No, all the flights, all the flights were canceled. So I ended up going straight to Vegas, which, you know, if you have to spend an extra 48 hours somewhere... Vegas ain't bad, especially Las Vegas when it's not in the summer. Place. That's right, yeah, yeah. It was, it was lovely. It was probably 75 degrees. Oh, I think one oh, day it nice. got up to 80 that's you know, while everyone here was frozen in. So we was, were frozen in, yes. It was nice. And uh, the last time we podcasted, I was talking about that trip, and we were you were asking me about uh, gambling. Yes, I was. And, uh, and uh, so I just want to report out there to everybody, I gambled with my friend Bruce, you know, because I always go with a partner. You gambled with your friend? You well, they allowed you to bet him? Yeah, really? I, bet, I, I wagered him. <laughs> him. His life is <laughs> and on And I won this a small hand. Chinese guy. Oh, it was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I uh, I went with Bruce. and That's we, racist, by the way. Was that racist? Yes. That I just said a small Chinese guy? I, I didn't. You're a racist. <laughs> I, I don't think I am, but maybe I am. I, maybe because racist people don't tend to know that they're racist. Yes. Right? Yeah. Prejudice is like B.O. Uh, everybody has it. Nobody, Nobody thinks, they, thinks do. they do it. Um, it. So I I went with Bruce and we gambled. And we, the first night we were there, we we played blackjack for like two hours, and I I walked away with eight dollars. Well, I I I won eight additional dollars. So you you made four dollars an hour. Yeah, pretty much. That sounds like a productive way to spend your time. <laughs> Four dollars an hour. That's what I made as a sixteen-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we had a we had a good time. There are some fantastic restaurants out in Las Vegas. Is this really what we're going to talk about for now? Yeah. Really? Is we're there? Gonna, a pr- we're okay. going to talk about this. Okay. Here's what we're going to talk about okay. because um, uh, I traveled a lot. You traveled a lot. Yes. And um, uh, in other parts of the country, I was in Kansas. Right. So so Kansas is in the news right now. Yes. And uh, it's in the news for something that is, again, it can be kind of awkward to talk about. Oh, okay. I think I know where you're going. You see where I'm going? I think I know where you're going. Oh, and so this, you were going to wrap around back to that? Eventually, yes. No, you weren't. I was. You weren't. You don't know. Okay. You don't have the little sheet in front of you, the little notes. Mm -hmm. So Kansas is in the news for something awkward right now. And uh, I guess the University of Missouri is also in the news for something uh, awkward. Oh, right, See right, there, right, right there, because sure, they're neighboring sure. states. And in fact, I flew into Kansas City, which the airport is in Missouri, and I drove into Kansas. You're working hard to make I, this segue. Really hard. We're going to talk about gay people. Okay. And we're going to go. talk about what civil rights should be afforded to gay people. Mm-hmm. And the fact that in Kansas now, they're posting signs in restaurants that uh, gay people are not... Um, 
Really? Not welcome. And they're also doing this in Arizona. Well, Arizona actually passed a law, was the deal. The, right. The, and the, the governor... Is, the law is not... Waiting yeah. to hear if the governor's going to veto it later oh, and today. And the state senate has to vote on it or something, or, something or is like it that. today? Yeah. But it's they passed the house, yes, or something. And I, I don't think there's any way it actually become a law because it's going to invite federal lawsuits. I'm guessing. Well, that has not scared Arizona before. Well, Their immigration I mean, policy yeah. invited federal um, interference or but then intervention they changed, but then or they whatever. It. Eventually, they, they changed did. it back. I thought. Um, yeah. Okay, so here's what's at stake. You mm-hmm. have some people who, for religious reasons, mm-hmm. uh, believe that living an openly gay lifestyle is immoral. Yes. And so there was a, a famous case out there on the West Coast, out in Air- Oregon, I think it was, okay. where there was a, a baker All right. who caters a lot of weddings. All right. And he had a client come in and hire him to do all the cakes for the wedding or whatnot. And then subsequently, the baker found out that this was for a same-sex wedding. All right. And he chose to not participate in that. Is this because of religious beliefs? Yes. He is an evangelical Christian who does not believe that he could in good conscience... Support. Support that Mm. uh, union... And so he withdrew from that, and that caused a huge backlash, which eventually led to a lawsuit. Okay. So this gay couple now was suing this evangelical baker. he had violated their civil rights. Somehow or other, yes, by choosing not to serve them and do business with them. So it's, if I chose to not serve you because you are Korean. Yeah. I don't think... I mean, let's cut to the chase. I don't believe uh, black people and white people should get married, and so the fact that there's a... Okay, that did happen. Yeah, Yeah, that did happen. So I'm not going to support an interracial marriage. Right. I'm I'm sure it actually still does happen. Uh, So I'm not going to support... And and the federal government stepped in there. Mm -hmm. And so this is really kind of... uh, It makes it a civil rights issue. Exactly. Right. And should uh, uh, LGBT... Q community. Uh, should they be afforded the same civil rights that uh, uh, well, ethnic minorities are? You, well, that's, 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 an interesting, that's an interesting way to put that question. Should they be afforded the same civil rights? Well, that's an obvious yes. Should this be qualified as a civil rights issue? That's the question. Yeah, that's the question. Yeah. right? Because denying anybody, quote-unquote, civil rights uh, doesn't matter. Right. The question is, is their particular... Um, differentiating factor about themselves, does it qualify for civil rights? Or protection under, under the, law. the law. Which, as far I think the law states sexual orientation. I think in terms of employment, but the law has also... Certainly does in terms of employment, yeah. But it has always allowed for religious objections in certain cases. Mm-hmm. So, for example... Mm-hmm. An evangelical church, a, a Mormon church, a right. Catholic church would not be obligated to hire someone who deviates from their right. standards and practices, sure. their morals and, and values. That's Yeah, but it's interesting because that is different than hiring somebody to work for you is different than serving somebody with your business. Right. Right? But... Then that begs the question, should a small business owner be obligated just because a customer walks through their doors right. to serve them? 
Right. Because we all have seen those signs. We, re- we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone. Right. But right. we all give that business owner the benefit of the doubt and say, well, he doesn't mean Mexicans. Based on, yeah, he doesn't base on race. Yeah, that's not or, what he means by that. He means right. someone who's publicly intoxicated or someone who's belligerent or sure. so- something along those lines. So yeah. this situation in Oregon has led a number of states, uh, specifically states, who have um, agreed to same-sex unions. Okay. To allow for some sort of provision under the law whereby people, because of religious objections, Mm -hmm. may choose not to serve or not to support or be seen as being in a supportive role of same-sex civil unions. Mm -hmm. So New York has passed laws like that, Hawaii, where it's legal, where gay marriage is legal in Hawaii, but Hawaii state legislature has also passed a law that says, listen, if your religious beliefs prohibit you from supporting this in some way, we'll allow some special dispensation under the law. All right. So Kansas is trying to enact a similar Similar law, law. and Arizona is as well, although Arizona I don't think has sanctioned same-sex marriage. Kansas has. Right, I do not believe Arizona has, right. But, uh, so so Kansas is sort of falling in line with what has been the precedent. Mm -hmm. Arizona, it would seem, is being a little preemptive about this, but also one could say, well, if they're getting ready to enact those laws, then perhaps they are getting ready to... Enact... Stiffer laws or, or something? No, like. oh, it, it, oh. to welcome same-sex marriage. Oh, I had not heard that angle. So this has a lot of people uptight right now. Sure, and sure. of course, it's an uncomfortable now we've got. Conversation. Um, we we just recently finished uh, with the Olympics. Yes, and of course, we all know what Russia's stance towards gay right. people has been. Right, and they were very vocal about that. Well, they they would say towards gay quote unquote propaganda. Their right. Stance is again right. not against gay people. But apparently, there are no gay people living in, in the city of in Sochi. In Sochi, right? Yes, it uh, has been. Um, and I, and Elton John went over there and tried to right. you and know Billie offer Jean, some diplomatic. Billie Jean King was there. Chose for not to the, go. She chose not to go at the end. Not really? to participate oh, in the um, uh, opening ceremony. She but she was, was at to, the closing though. Was she at the closing? Yeah, I didn't yeah, watch yeah. the closing. She ceremony. was at the closing. Okay. Yeah. So so you've got. That going on, and now we had um, uh, Michael Sam's. Sam, 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 yeah, Sam, the uh, uh, defensive end from the University of Missouri, SEC Defensive Player of the Year, who has come out as the first openly gay collegiate athlete, collegiate athlete to be, and he should go, drafted. yeah, a fairly decent draft pick. You know, some people were projecting him very third early rounds. Round, you know. Third, third to And now a lot seven. of people have come out and said, you right. know, they that they would not take him because of the distraction that there right. would be. And then Jason Collins, the this, NBA player, he just signed to a 10-day contract, and so he became the first openly gay player. In to, one of the major sports. To, yes, to play in a game. So obviously this is sitting right on the surface for a lot of people. Oh, it is certainly the issue du jour. So absolutely, and so. and and here's what if if Scream Free could offer anything in this conversation, it is uh, that we could hopefully offer a way to facilitate conversation that does not necessarily have to turn into confrontation. Right, and and uh, full disclosure, you and I both come from a a Christian 
perspective on on many things, and certainly a Christian background, and uh, yes, um, and and a fairly conservative one at that. Our backgrounds, yes. Yeah. That's not necessarily where we're at, so, but that's, but, but that's just, certainly our backgrounds. And right? we understand, I think you and I both understand, that uh, you know our, our upbringing and the cultures in which we were raised and the schools that we attended have colored our perspective on this. We, As For objective sure. as we try to be and sometimes pretend to be, sure. I, I, I hold no illusion that I am objective about this. I, no, but, uh, but also I have personal experience uh, with a number of uh, uh, friends sure. uh, and a number of clients that I've worked with, but... Mo- As do I, and family members. Yeah, but most importantly for me is that my mother-in-law has yeah. been in a um, monogamous uh, homosexual relationship for 28 years. Right. So the entire time I have known her. Yeah. And the entire time uh, my kids have known her, that is the relationship that uh, started immediately in, uh, after, uh, or which broke up my uh, in-law's, parent, in-law's marriage. Right. right, as was my father-in-law. Right. Uh, in, involved in a same-sex partnership for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've had to address this issue in our family very early on. Yes. You know, with, with our daughters. So, so we, we both have personal experience and professional experience in this arena. Yes. But the real thing that I am concerned with is, uh, how entrenched we tend to get in our society over issues like this. Right. And if it doesn't go our way regardless of what our way is, regardless of whether we sit on this side of that issue or, or the other. Right. We, we act as if the sky is falling the whole and it's the end of the world. The whole world collapsing around it because we so believe in the slippery slope So uh, if this happens, then will we go all the way back to Jim Crow laws? Will we go all the right. way back? Or right. if, if this, this happens, allowed, then... Then, what will be next? You know, polygamy, and yeah, then uh, and you know, we'll incest, be marrying horses yes, before along. And, and, yes, and uh, that is the difficult is is what we believe, and this is I, I believe at the center of what turns any any potential uh, conflict reductio ad absurdum. Yes, right? it is. It is as if we are walking along a very steep spine, the spine of a very steep roof. Yes. And there is only one way to go, and right now we're on the precipice, mm-hmm. but if we go one way or the other, then it's all over. There and, is no... And, and it, we'll never be able to get it back. Exactly. There is no coming back from that. You will fall off the roof. And so, of course, the people on one side of the roof uh, want to stay there, and the other people on the other side want to stay there, and not... Equally... You know, yes, with and it equal becomes vigor. because what we're ha- what I believe is happening here is that it is a amazing conflict of America's uh, founding religions, if you will. So bear with me. Sure, okay. bear with me. Okay, founding religions of the Judeo-Christian, mostly Protestant work ethic thing. Right. Okay. With the the good folks of Maryland might disagree with that, but yes. but I understand yeah. where, where you're and coming that's why from. They the vast named themselves Maryland. Mary yes, and then the foundational American ideals of a free liberal society. Right. With with which the, the state of, of Pennsylvania was yes. sort of founded upon. Yes, and Rhode Island. Yes. Right. And so. You have this interesting mix when you've got 
this right to believe what I want to believe and this right for equality for all peoples. Yes. And when those clash, that's when we have the culture wars in America. And this has really been uh, something that, that our lifetimes have, uh, have seen uh, fanned into flame. Again and again and again. A- and in the beginning in the late 70s and early 80s with the moral majority, majority thing, and sure. Jerry Falwell and, right. and Ronald Reagan's speech to the National Evangelical Association. And, mm-hmm. and that really sort of uh, entrenched yes. uh, that, uh, republicanism and Christianity. Together, conservative Christianity. conservative Christianity, as if they are one and the same, and so any loss in in an in election, a lo- yes, yeah. a loss in one is a loss in the other. And yet, if you go back historically, that hasn't always been the case in this country, and it would appear that that is waning some today. Yes. The rise of the evangelical left, which yes. we've seen in the last 10 years with Jim Wallace and the Sojourners movement and, and all of that. And a lot of young people. Social justice right. and all of that. Yes. Yeah. And, and the, I think that the best thing that the best thinkers among us, I believe, can offer is understanding the conversations within these larger contexts. Yes. That these conversations, uh, while they might seem new because of newly developing attitudes towards homosexuality, the the baseline of the conflict that surrounds it is nothing new. It's a conflict that has been with us. It's a tension that lives with us, because it is, if you think about it, it is the uh, First Amendment, right, guaranteeing religious freedom, and it is also the uh, basic of the Constitution and, uh, and, yeah. the, and the Declaration of Independence, right. that, uh, the unalienable rights. And that all men, right, are regardless created, of, of race or creed, are created, equal. created equal. Yeah. And so when you've got those two things kind of butting up against one another, the conflict is within each of us, because as Americans, we kind of hold on to those as central to whatever uniqueness we have in the world. It is central to our being. And then in the midst of all that, you have the Establishment Clause, which prohibits a federally mandated or a federally funded religion, but also prohibits the government from interfering with someone's freedom to express their religion. said religion. And it creates tension. And that's what we don't like. Yeah, we don't we, like to. We want neat and tidy solutions, and the more pluralistic our society has become, yeah. the the less possible it is for us to have those kinds of neat and tidy solutions. Well, that's and that's what that's where anxiety comes in. You know, our anxiety says I need to find people that are like-minded and I need to combat people who are different-minded. And so that leads us to periodically someone will suggest, all the Christians, let's move to South Carolina. Yes. I remember that movement <laughs> a few I years do, ago. Man, absolutely. Or the, the founder of Domino's Pizza who wanted to create that city of refuge down there in Florida. Yes. Only Catholic people. But then right, right. like we set up a test of orthodox, like who gets in? Exactly. Who who, who exactly. decides what the test is? So it always what's happens the, the litmus. What, uh, yeah. Right. As if we are all, because we all subscribe to one religion or another, yeah. that means we think alike and act alike on every single issue there is. Which doesn't happen with anyone. Ever. Right. It never happens. No. You can't even get a married couple no. in that kind of sense. Absolutely not. 
right? No, no group of people is completely monolithic like that. I mean, short of a cult. True. I mean, that's one of the definitions mm-hmm. and, and hallmark characteristics of a cult. Well, there is no allowance for differentiation of views. Right. Right. That's You're not allowed to question. You're not allowed to read from outside the fold. Mm-hmm. So it creates this kind of circular scholarship where we're only reading people who are reinforcing what we already believe. Well, it's not just that you're not allowed. You become outcast. By even engaging in a conversation with an outsider. Right. And so this idea that you could entertain a thought without adopting a thought is foreign to a cult. Mm. That you can entertain a new idea, think about it, chew on it, without automatically adopting it. That's a foreign, foreign concept to a cult. because Because what they believe is that other ideas are so worm-like and powerful in your brain that you cannot begin to even have a conversation with someone to allow for some new possibility or nuanced thinking about the same issue. So you've got to stop it, and all it means is you are gearing up for combat. That is such a low view of humanity, though. Yeah, it's very low view of humanity. Really low view of of someone's intellectual capacity to uh toy with an idea without embracing the idea or right. to to even dissect the idea and begin to understand the genesis of the idea without adopting it as a philosophy which means i don't want you to think i just want you to follow right which you know that is that's how cults get started that's how absolutely and unfortunately Reich though gets started yeah, exactly. that's how, i mean i hate to jump right to yeah, Hitler, we all, we all you know, go right to we Hitler go right there that, but right, but right. That, i mean that's eventually that's where it leads you to that kind of everybody moving in lockstep right and and then on the right wing it's it's you know uh, hitler and on the left wing it's stalin it's yeah. it, it's goes to that but look what we just did yeah we just did the whole slippery slope thing right <laughs> we just did that it's so easy it is no matter where you yeah. stand it's so easy to be scared of a step either direction so um what's the pathway forward for people who feel passionately and people who are who really do desire to think deeply about these issues because again it would be easy for us to solve this problem by going to one extreme right. or the other and by either saying you know no more of any of this there are no gays in sochi no gays in sochi yes. or by saying there's nothing wrong with anything right and that no one in their right mind, of course not, wants to go either direction to either extreme, to either extreme right? And and it, I think there here's what's making it so difficult now. Okay, is because we don't allow for breath in between mm. our bits of news. Yeah, about you've got to subjects. decide where you stand on this right now. Immediately. This is breaking news, and as soon as the words come out of the news anchor's mouth, they have a panel of experts yeah. who are ready to fire up the propaganda machine and tell us exactly where they stand and why we ought to agree with them. Which is why I, we were just talking about this before, we were talking about how you and I were lamenting how we're not reading as much as we used to. I'm looking at books on your shelves. But you made a great point, Mm. Uh, because there was a time when I read probably 40 
books a year. Yeah, back in grad school. Was and even after graduate yeah. school, like when, when you and I were first starting out as yeah, writers, we, I mean, we were voracious read, readers. Right. And, you, and we both said, I don't read as much as I used to. But then you corrected me and said, uh, the amount of words that you and I both read online. Daily. Articles, blog posts. Probably more emails, than I yeah. used to read in books. It's just we don't read them in book form anymore. And here's the the issue with that is is I find myself so much more palatable to myself <laughs> when I I'm getting news from magazines rather from online or on TV. Now this is an important distinction to make, and we've hinted around this in podcasts in the past, but right. the fact that there are so many people online whose primary concern is not to be right but rather to be first. Yes. And so the news that we take in online oftentimes is riddled with speculation and misinformation and editorializing. Yes. And what passes for journalism online many times... Now, there are some great journalists online. Absolutely. But there are also a ton of trolls and people who are just spitting things out so that they can claim first. Which is why, I mean... I am striving to find some columnists rather than reporters. Yeah, people who I can trust to be measured and about thoughtful. Things. Yeah, you know, like a like a a, a a Thomas Friedman. Thomas Friedman, sure. Yeah, yeah. the New York yeah. Times guy. Uh, or the world is flat. Right. Or a Jason uh, Whitlock. Yeah. The guy. From, uh, right. Uh, who's the guy from Grantland? Yeah, and Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons, right? Yeah. And uh, th- th- I'm fi- trying to find columnists who actually have to put in several days worth of thought right. before they put it. It does absolutely mean does not mean I agree with these people. Right. I just like you know, their thinking processes. One of my favorites is, and this is going to surprise a lot of people, but I, I like reading Camille Paglia mm-hmm. because she is so thoughtful and right. because she knows history. Even if I don't agree with her perspective on history or whatever, I like reading her. You know what? I just thought of an analogy. Okay. It's, you know, how in math, the good teachers, uh, the easy... Well, it's interesting. The best math teachers are the ones who don't just grade you on whether or not you got the right answer. You have to show Show your your work. work. How did you get the answer? Because I'm training you to think, not training you to replicate answers. Right. You know? And that, that's what I like, is it, a good columnist, whether it's in Time Magazine or whether it's in the New Republic or, or mm-hmm. National Review or whatever, a conservative liberal, if you're showing me your work and I can follow, okay, well, at least you're putting in some sure. thoughtful yeah. reasoning, you know, that I was trained, thankfully, to think critically, and I can say, then I can have a conversation with that. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, it, it, this is where Scream Free comes in. But if all you're doing is being purely reactive... Yes, and spouting your party line. Yes, without thought, then you're a mockingbird. Yeah, and and that, sadly, is what fills our airwaves far too much. Far, far too much. And it takes—it's hard. It takes—because it's so much easier to digest the candy on the Internet. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's everywhere, and, and we on, take it in little morsels. And 24-7 news cycles, the same exactly. kind of thing. Because really thoughtful people oftentimes don't speak in sound bites. True. You know, one of our favorite writers and thinkers of the last, you know, 25 years is Dallas Willard. Yes. Right, the late Dallas Willard, who uh, was the chair of philosophy. philosophy at University of Southern California. But when you read him, oftentimes it's frustrating to people because his paragraphs 
are so dense. Right. And his sentences are so long. Right. And the sentence that should be at the top of the paragraph is buried two-thirds of the way in. Yeah, he buries the lead, sure. Be- and and yeah. it's frustrating, but it's it's because he's really thinking about it. Right. And building a and building a case through yes. uh, through demonstrated reasoning, and you know my wife struggles with this. She teaches AP literature, sure, right? And and teaching literature to teenagers who've grown up completely digital on twenty what used to be twenty four minute now it's twenty one minute yeah. episodes of you know the Fosters, v- yeah, or, Hey Jesse, yes, or yeah, uh, whatever, the, all those ABC Victorious family, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what they're trained in. So teaching them literature, and so of course it's absolutely joyous when they do finally get into Tale of Two Cities and come back and say, "I, I'm changed, not yeah. just right. My my worldview has changed, but my ability to think has changed. That's what she's doing. But it's it's she says it's getting harder every year. What we have to do for our children, I believe, is model the type of thought-filled conversation that is absolutely necessary to deal with such amazingly hot-button issues as we're dealing with now. And again, this holds true whether your primary news source is MSNBC or, or Fox, Fox News. News. Yeah, which or I, would, something I would, could not tell you strong enough to avoid both. To avoid either of them. Or watch both. They're simply you, echo chambers. You can't watch one. Without watching right. the other they're both to get you know, a tonic to what you've just absorbed. But I think watching both of those ends up with bipolar disorder when you're watching <laughs> you know, both of those. Sure. So, but you've got to, you just owe it to yourself to not uh, let somebody do your thinking for you. Right. And that's what frustrates me more than anything is when anybody allows somebody else to have done their thinking for them, and so all they do is mocking bird it out. They just repeat the talking points that they heard the right. night before. And, and what is needed is thoughtful conversation. Is this a religious issue? Is this that we're, we've been discussing? Yes. Is this a religious issue? I think the religious issue was settled a long time ago. That we have freedom to practice our religion. Yes. The question, though, that's coming into focus is, I am a religious person Mm -hmm. who is a vendor, right? a retail vendor, right? Mm -hmm. Who uh, has been asked to support a ceremony, for instance, right? That my religion, my particular brand of religion, does, does not support. Not only does not support, right. but in some cases prohibits. Well, what, what does that even mean? You can't prohibit from happening. Well, I, just prohibits their right. Their, right. You can't be a practitioner of my religion right. and uh, engage in that activity. So it's interesting to think about. And that's a Muslim man owns, uh, you know, a, a gathering hall. Yes, and somebody wants to rent that hall from them and so serve can... a roasted pig. Yeah, and alcohol. Yeah. Then can... do they have the right to refuse that? I see. At first blush, at first blush, I think. Well, yes, it's their building. It's right. their business. If they don't want the business, then it only damages their bottom line. Exactly. But if they can do that with integrity, then then sometimes you can't place a price on integrity, and so they should be allowed to. Hmm. Interesting. See, what was fascinating is when I was trained as a marriage and family therapist, I was trained at a religious school. 
Right. Abilene Christian University. But I was being trained for a state-sponsored, licensed medical provider, to, to become a, a, a medical health care provider. Okay. Sponsored by a state. And even there in the great state of Texas, as conservative as it is, they understand that not everyone is Christian, and that even many of the Christians are going to do non-Christian things. And sure. So, so as a therapist, you have to be I, ready and I prepared can, yeah. to... I, and so it, it, and so we had like law uh, discussions, and it wasn't just about homosexual couples. It was about uh, you know, um, uh, for some folks, it was uncomfortable who people wanted to do couples therapy and they weren't married, right? Even like, though they're living together, they're having sex together, they're operating in right. many ways as a married couple, but they've never been through the ceremony of uh, sure. having a wedding. But what I, what we learned was. If we are going to hang our shingle out as a licensed by the state marriage and family therapist, you must. You cannot yeah. refuse to treat people because you are a medical provider sponsored by the state. Now, if you wanted to call yourself a Christian counselor, that's a different thing. They then all you always could... allow for a provision. There. So the question is is this guy a Christian baker? Yeah, that's the question. Right. Now, and as Christians, we have said... Or is he a baker? Christianity is this sort of holistic thing that, that does, you know, becomes pervasive in everything that you do. It's part of your worldview, yes. Sure. But think about it. He is choosing not to sponsor... He was choosing not to sponsor a gay wedding. Well, he's not sponsoring it, I mean, but he's... By, yeah, by supporting won't, it. Won't, won't provide the wedding cake for yes. it. Yes, yeah. he's not going to allow himself to get paid to support a gay wedding because he disagrees with their moral choices. Now, here is one distinction I would make mm-hmm. between Kansas in the year 2014 or yes. Oregon in the year 2014 versus, let's say, Selma, Alabama in the year 1962. Okay. In Selma, Alabama, you couldn't find anyone... To serve you. ...who would, who would allow black people into the restaurant. Right. In Oregon in 2014... You could find a million. There are a dozen other bakers. Right. You know, you could walk this. across the street and you could find someone who would do right. this for you. Interesting. So that that I think that is an important distinction to be made. It is. It is an important distinction. I don't know if that distinction really ultimately matters. Nor do I, but I, it is something that should be in a part of the conversation. And that's what hopefully we're trying to model here. Just have the conversation. And, right. and without calling names, without moralizing your position... My position yeah. is morally superior to yours. Right. Allowing yourself to see it from the other person's perspective, I think, goes a long ways towards us having, you know, productive and conversation. And that's why I think every single high schooler should be forced to take debate. Because in because deba- it forces you to take the yes. opposition. Because a lot of times for debate stuff, you have to prov- you have to prepare for both sides, and you don't know which side you're going to argue until, until you, the last yeah, minute. Until yeah. Until you get up there, I think that's. Oh, I just, I, I just. Ha- it's an epiphany. Uh, that the you epiphany, just had. right yeah. now. Every kid should be. I, now I've been saying for a long time. Everybody should be taught rhetoric and speech. I, I and, and I agree. Get their rear ends up in front of a class, man. To There's force n- them, even though th- that's like the biggest fear out there is <laughs> exactly. public speaking. I, I think we have to get to the point where we can have these conversations right. in a public square without, you know, falling back into name calling and and that kind of rhetorical mm. shallow end of the pool. Wow. Now, now it, I'm just thinking about a lot of different things now. But yeah, if they, we could force kids, you got to take debate. You got to take a semester of debate. You got to learn to argue the other side and think through it so that you can understand 
the nuances that separate us that actually make life rich and beautiful and wonderful is the differences between us, right? And the idea that I have nothing that I could learn from examining the other side. That was uh, Morgan Spurlock had that show for 15 minutes or whatever mm-hmm. that was on, where he would take people who had radically different worldviews and he would literally take them out of their homes and put them in the other person's homes. Yeah. So he took a guy who was uh, you know, one of the watchmen down there on the border. Okay. In Arizona, right. would stand up there and w- with his walkie-talkie, and he would call INS anytime he saw a group of people trying to come across from Mexico. Right, right. Literally took him out of his home and and uh, put him in the home of uh, undocumented uh, workers, uh, workers who and... lived in Southern California, mm-hmm. and he was forced to live there. And at one point in time, they actually took him to the village that that family had come out of mm. in Mexico. He, in yeah. Mexico. And he saw the conditions that they were escaping, and, and it radically changed him. Right. I, I, he did not—he he wasn't ever willing to say, well, of course, everybody should be allowed to come right, in, and, and right. that, that would be foolish. But he, he did say, if I were in their position, I probably would have done the same thing. Yeah. And that kind of you know, uh, willingness to embed yourself in somebody else's right. milieu, somebody else's context— helps us see these other people, you know, whether whether you're a Republican and, and you're viewing a, a Democrat and trying to have a conversation with them, they're not nefarious. They're not, right. they don't have horrible, awful intent. I, I, I don't buy, you know, into the whole Manchurian candidate theory that, that mm. there's some secret agenda to right. turn America right. into a social... So how can we do it? Here's how we'll do it. We'll set up this puppet oh, candidate. I, I don't buy good any of that. Lord. No one can agree that much to, to, to yeah, have seriously. that type of organized conspiracy. That's the there problem. There are really, really smart people Yes, who really, really love America, who really, really even love God, and they end up disagreeing over things. Lots and lots and lots of things. And that's my thing... I'm struggling to put myself, for instance, in the in the mindset of a, an employ, a retailer in Arizona wanting to refuse to serve. I'm I'm, tr- I'm struggling to put my uh, you know uh, he doesn't want to violate. She doesn't want. They don't want to sure. violate their yeah. conscience. Yeah. Right. And so the the Oregon guy he thinks he's violating his integrity by, by attending that wedding. But here's where my mind goes: is so. Your cupcakes have not gone to people you disagree, whose moral choices you disagree with. Well, it's before? a little it's a little more nuanced than that. Okay, because certainly I'm sure at some point in time, gay people came in and uh, and bought his cupcakes and went away and had a sure. you know had a party somewhere. But for for him, there's one thing in the freedom to choose a lifestyle with which I disagree. There's another thing to attend a ceremony that officially sanctions it. And therefore, right. a lot of people, uh, there is this sense that if I even attend mm-hmm. that right. ceremony, am I and this sort goes, of... But this goes back to, yeah. can I entertain a thought without, without adopting embracing it? Without, it. Can I, and I see this with parents all the time, is can I allow a behavior to occur without condoning that behavior? So I have a, a friend that, that I attend church with, mm-hmm. and he approached me maybe, I think it was back at the beginning of the summer mm-hmm. last year, uh, his sister 
is uh, in, in a same-sex relationship, and uh-huh. they live in New York State, and she wanted to get married, and she invited him. Right. And so then everybody in the family was looking at him because he's a Christian guy, and he's an evangelical, and he lives in the South now. Will he attend? Mm. And he really struggled with, I, I love my sister, right? and I wish her well, I don't think this is the best choice for her, but I, you know, so he didn't, you know, so he and I had a couple of conversations about that. What can you do with integrity? Right. And what can, what, what do you want? And this is another one of those situations where our principle comes into play. What do you want most versus what do you want now? Right. And a lot of times what I want now is to make a statement. But the truth is oftentimes you can either make a statement or you can make a difference Mm -hmm. and you can't do both at the same time. Right. You can either draw a line or you can build a bridge. Yeah. And in the end, he chose to build a bridge. And everyone there said to him, this must make you very uncomfortable. Right. You know, and they were all kind of looking at him, waiting when he was going to bristle. When was he going to shake his head? When is he going to, you know, do that? Yeah. And he said, I had to behave really, really well. I had to be very careful Sure. All my facial expressions sure, and all of that kind of stuff. Right, right. And when people would say, this must make you very uncomfortable, he said, I love my sister very, very much. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that was kind of his phrase that he said. Right. It's interesting. My, over the last six months, my father, who is very conservative. Sure. Fox Newsite. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, conservative Christian, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Glenn Beck kind of. Uh, yes. Yeah, 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 sure. On his third marriage. Right. My father. And his step son is openly gay man who is getting who got married okay and they got to mar- another man yes okay and they got married in new york state and they're getting married in england because the man is from london okay and uh the son is lives in new york and they are both very tremendously successful financially and so, so they're that's having... a, do you ever see the Saturday Night Live thing about gay weddings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we were invited to the wedding, and we couldn't afford to go. But man, we wanted to go because we knew that wedding is going to be, be ridiculous. And, yeah, and it the was. wedding gift, the swag bag that everyone's going to yeah, get, is going to be ridiculous. It, it, they each had a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, you just walked away with that. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, it was on. It was on Fire Island, which uh, off okay, on yeah, off sure. Long Island, which is there's no cars allowed. It's every home is mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. ridiculous. And, and so my father actually went. Wow! And uh, you know, he didn't I, get kicked out of any clubs. Well, I just couldn't know? have. I just can't imagine my father there. Oh. I mean, I I wanted to spend the money to go just to see. My that. sister and I were just like, oh, we got to go just to watch him squirm at this. But he came back, and hey, it was a great time, amazing party. But I mean, that's surrounded by people that were going to make him uncomfortable. Yeah. But guess what? Now they're having the second ceremony next month in March. In London, and he's going. Okay. Right? You know, the stepson is paying for the whole thing, paying for them to travel over there. He's never been to England, you know. And so uh, it's interesting. I just, he had to, I'm very proud of my father, actually, because he had to face this idea that am I condoning it? You know, because what's interesting is within that family, uh, the stepson's sister, her husband, so mm-hmm. the the brother-in-law, yeah. will not allow him to come over to their house. Uh, well, won't yeah. allow him in the door. Now, m- for quote unquote Christian mm-hmm. reasons. Now, of course, my initial instinct is 
I don't know how you do that with the whole Jesus reputation was he was friend of the sinners, sinners and prostitutes and, yeah, and tax collectors, exactly. the worst of society. He was openly, not just yeah. hung around them to try and was convince them they were wrong. No, those, these were his friends. He yeah. ate dinner with them. He went around with them, right? I don't know how you mesh those two things. It is difficult, um, and and yet... Somehow or other, we have created a cultural Jesus yeah. that looks very different from the Jesus you would find if you were to pick up a, a Bible and actually read and and read yeah. it. And uh, again, I think everybody is where they are right now. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, everyone is continuing to grow. And in those kinds of situations, I, I said this, I talked about this the other day when mm-hmm. you and I were presenting uh, over at my church. Yes. In fact, that sometimes you can't force somebody to open the door. True. Because it's locked from the inside. Sometimes all you can do is tell them the door is locked, unlocked right. on my side. Right. If you want to have this conversation, I would love to have this conversation. And when you go into those conversations, you don't go in trying to win them, trying to convert them to your yeah. perspective. Go in there and, and be curious. That's your word all mm-hmm. the time. You know, be curious mm-hmm. and try to understand their perspective on this. And that goes a long ways. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and I will tell you that is hard for me when I believe people in the name of being Christian are not acting Christianly. Right. In my opinion. Right. Right? And that is hard for me. But just like we said about the two of us at the very beginning. Yeah. We're not objective about this. We were no. raised in a certain context, we've been educated in a certain context, we've read certain books and we hang around certain people. Right. Your brother-in-law is the same way. Yeah. You know, and, you know, your gay friends from college are the same way. Right. We all, everybody grew up somewhere. Right. And everybody has a story. And when you understand their story, what they do makes a lot more sense. And so rather than trying to change what they're doing, maybe we spend more time trying to understand their story. And also have confidence enough that... Their story, while it impacts mine, does not determine my choices. Exactly. And that's that fear. Mm-hmm. Well, if I hang around them, then I'm going right. to turn into them. That if, that if our kids are exposed to homosexual propaganda in Russia, they will turn homosexual. Right. And that's not the way it works. No. And the data is very, yeah, very, yeah, very, yeah. very clear can... on that. But... Can I understand Putin? Yeah. As long as he wears a shirt. <laughs> he takes the he shirt was, off. He was remarkably well behaved during he, the ceremonies, during the, during the games. And of course, the Russian people, they did remarkably well in the games. Oh, and sure, sure. That's always fun to watch all the pageantry. Hey, listen, uh, we are so glad you took the time to listen to our conversation mm. as we kind of rambled and meandered we here did. and there. But uh, we don't do any kind of marketing on this podcast. We rely on you and your word of mouth. And so if you've heard something that was helpful to you or something you found interesting, forward this to your friends. And uh, and if you have any questions, any topics you'd like us to address on future podcasts, you can certainly hit us up on Facebook or you can send us a message through our website, screenfree.com. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to You Must Chill. Two guys learn how to calm down so we can grow up and get closer to the people who matter most. We'll talk to you more next week. Bye-bye.